Hi, welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. I'm your host, Melissa. Today I'm joined by someone I consider my little sister, Casey Douglas. We're going to be talking all things um, COVID. We're going to be talking about how she is deciding to homeschool her kids, as well as just life in general. Join us. edition of Chats from the Blog Cabin. Today, I'm joined by a very special, special guest, someone very near and dear to my heart, Casey Douglas. Casey, why don't you introduce yourself? All right. Well, uh, my name is Casey Douglas. As Melissa said, I am the mom of four uh, crazy kids and married to my husband, Mark, for almost 15 years now. Uh, I know it's going to make you feel old, Melissa. I'm sorry. Yeah, very old. <laughs> And we live down here in Georgia, and I am a baton twirling coach, as well as a stay-at-home mom, uh, mainly, so, but yeah. Yeah, I am showing them a picture on Facebook that we mm-hmm. share. This is how long, how long we go back. We go back even further than this. Yes. But yes. those are my three girls in your wedding picture. With Mark yeah. and Gracie, who was the youngest, those of you that don't know, actually cried when Casey married her Mark, because that is her Mark. And now you see the picture next to it is at my daughter's wedding this past August, and look at the difference now. That makes me want to cry, gosh. Ah! Yep, that's how far we go back. You actually got married in our front yard, and you had your reception in our backyard. Yeah. That, that was like the best because it was like perfect temperature that day too. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I think it rained like for a short bit right before the wedding, but then it was like sunshine the rest of the time. Yeah. yeah they say that rain on wedding days are supposed to be good luck. Cause remember yeah. Maddie's like poured that morning. Yes. Yes. That so was supposed to be good luck. So fingers crossed that it's still good luck. Cause what, how many years later, Casey? 15, <laughs> 15 as of June 4th. Wow, that's that is not impossible. It's oh my gosh! I say it, like with my son because of course he's he was born right after the wedding, like two months after the wedding. Whenever I sit there and think about when he's turning um uh, turning the next year old, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm old. <laughs> we've been married a long time. Oh yeah, Raul and I just hit the 25 mark, so yeah, we've been married. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. You guys are like the perfect couple to kind of emulate and kind of want to be. After. Uh, kind of. Yes. Kind of. No. <laughs> uh, well, we all have our issues. So, yeah. So let's talk about your kids because your kids are all different age levels. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. My kids. Let's see. This coming up year, even though I'm going to be homeschooling the younger three, 
Um, I'm going to have one in high school in 10th grade, one in middle school in sixth grade, one in first grade, and then I have a two-year-old, or he's getting ready to be two. Uh, so yeah, they're all different stages, and it's hilarious to see how they adapt to each other and how they interact with each other because like my teenager, he's into the typical teenage, um, the angst, I guess you could call it, where he just kind of wants to sit in his room and or whatever. And then Christy, she's getting to that preteen stage where it's all about the fashion and all about caring what other people think. That's just the typical girl thing. And then, of course, I have my little six-year-old who's going to be in first grade next year. And he's all boy. He is totally all boy. Loves being out in the mud. Loves being out in the rain. I literally was telling Mark, or who was I telling? I was telling somebody the other day. I literally have a mud fight in my house almost every day because there's mud being tracked in between my six-year-old and the two dogs. And it literally looks like just a mud fight constantly. And then... He, the little six-year-old drags the two-year-old into all of this. So, I mean, you can see on my personal page, I, some of the antics my two-year-old's got into. I mean, he's gotten into my makeup. He's all the time getting into his sister's makeup. And the, the crazy thing is they're all so different. Their personalities, each one is different. Each one is good at something. And just trying, Mark and I trying to adjust to each one. Like when you go to solve a, issue with one um it, like if two are fighting if you go try to solve an issue with one you have to talk to them completely different mm -hmm. and um offer two different solutions because what works for one definitely does not work for the other one so i mean it's just but it's it's a whirlwind and it's crazy and maddening sometimes but honestly we wouldn't have it any other way yeah i totally get what you're talking about when you're talking about the um difference because all three of my girls are totally different. You oh, know yeah. That. oh yeah. You can see that and totally from the thing. But what about having that one girl with those three boys? That it's I guess because all right, just go back a little bit on this. Um with my first two, I had severe postpartum depression. And unfortunately, that kind of um messed up the relationship that I made in those first couple of years with them. And with my daughter and I, we were constantly fighting and um, at each other's throats. And couldn't find out she has um, ADHD, but instead of the hyperactivity, it's hyper anxiety. Mm -hmm. So what is normal for us, us give us a little bit of stress, like it's multiplied times a hundred for her. Um, so, that didn't help any, um, but we've learned to work with it and figure out how it's, how it affects her and how we can work around it. And so our relationship has gotten a lot better. And one of the things we do um, to kind of help with our bond and because she's surrounded by a bunch of boys okay. is we have girl time and we go actually and do pageants together. I've competed in a couple of them with her, which, it was crazy, but um, but we go and do pageants, and it's just me and her time, and we're there to um, help. I mean, she helps. Ugh, I cannot talk. I'm sorry. You're okay. Keep going. Um, but she makes friends there, and she meets other kids that are like her because a lot of times 
girls in pageants actually do have anxiety and they find ways through these pageants to get to work through it and to actually blossom through it. And so she makes a lot of new friends and everything. And I get to meet moms. So we get to have that girl time, but also get to make friends that have similar situations to us. So it's really cool. So, so yeah, you would think the pageants wouldn't help with the anxiety. You would think it would increase the anxiety level. It actually does the exact opposite with her because she gets on stage and she's just all like attitude and everything. But yet if she met someone new face to face, I think that's the difference. If she meets someone new face to face, she almost hides behind me and will actually like cling on to me or my husband. And, um, but in pageants, she gets up on that stage and she's just, she lights up and this is a totally different girl. And I think it's because she's not right in front of them. She, she actually feels like she can be herself without, I guess, being judged, even though in pageants you are being judged, mm -hmm. but it's not in a critical way that you see every day in the world. Yeah, that's true. And you would think, plus she's probably putting on a little bit of persona when she's out there on stage as well. Like she's mm -hmm. like a totally different Christy than what she was before, you know? Oh yes, she loves playing characters. She's, we're actually joining a theater group um, this coming year, it's a homeschool theater group. And she's excited because she actually gets to play a different person. And she gets to show how this person, how she thinks this person would be. And so she gets to kind of help express herself and her creativity through it. And I think that's kind of what she does with the pageants too, because we had this one outfit that she was, um, it was a school wear outfit. And this is cute little modest um, outfit with a longer, skater skirt i'm getting stared at from my husband he's behind <laughs> um, but it was a longer skater skirt and she had these knee-high white socks and little converses and stuff and i said so what what would you act like if this was you and she's like you know what i'd be sassy and um, have an attitude. I'm like, okay, we'll go show them that. And she got up on that stage and she was just like, wham. And I mean, she's all, it was hilarious, but she got to express herself through it. That's so cool. Cause a lot of kids don't get a chance to express what their individuality, even though they have a certain thing that they have to wear during pageants, but they can make it their own as well. Oh, yeah. Attitude with the way they walk with certain little things that they can add to their thing. So you're definitely a proponent for pageants, even though pageants do get a bad rap. Yes. I, for me, it's more about increasing the girl's confidence, confidence, even though, yes, you do get judged. But to me, you get judged out in the real world. You know, it's not in your face. Like someone doesn't write it down and give it to you. You're being judged in the real world. And then also pageants help increase our community service also because um one of the titles christy and i hold um requires us to do community service so granted we do some but now it's like you know what we actually do need to get out and help more and it's not about being recognized for having the title and doing it it's more we need to just help out others and i think that's a great part of it too and it's also because I mean, pageants aren't just for 
girls. I mean, there are pageants for boys also. We've actually entered Corey into a pageant before. <laughs> it was adorable. Oh my gosh. Um, but it gives people a chance that have issues to be recognized as themselves. Mm -hmm. And also bring awareness to these issues. Um, I have a friend and this is in the pageant world with us. Her daughter has um, alopecia. I'm not going to call her out, but I love no. her. To oh my gosh. And her daughter competes and her daughter wins. And she's recognized that, you know what, just because you have alopecia doesn't mean you're not beautiful. Yep. And that's one thing I love about these pageants is that they recognize the beauty in everybody, even though a lot of times people say, well, she didn't win because they didn't think she was pretty enough. It's not just about being pretty. It's about your confidence and also about your awareness of yourself too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I know some pageants have been getting a really bad rap lately, um, especially here in the last few years because of a certain TV show. But the thing is, is that most of those were what's called glitz pageants. Mm -hmm. And those are the extreme overdone ones. There are, which the ones we do are mostly um, natural or semi-glitz, which means they go off of how you look naturally. And you can't do all that crazy extra stuff. And one of the things that people really hound on is well, not everyone can win those. Um, that girl won because she's done so many blah, blah, blah. Well, they put time in. They practice. And that's where a lot of this confidence comes from, is knowing your trade, just like if you're in dance or baton. And it's knowing how you're supposed to walk, how you're supposed to look the judges in the eye, and how you're supposed to smile. Because, I mean, girls aren't going to win if you're sitting there sour. Mm -hmm. the whole time so I mean it's just and we do it a lot more for fun than anything else it's just me and her time so I just, yeah. yeah your mic keeps cutting out Casey I don't know if you have a problem with it or <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> oh, okay. sometimes we hear you perfectly crystal clear and sometimes we don't so while you're working mm -hmm. on that um Sandy has a comment. She says, love the sign behind Casey. Of course she loved the sign. <laughs> we go way back. I consider her my sister from another mister. Um, I don't have a little sister. I have th I had three older sisters. One has since passed away. But Casey, I consider her my little sister. And she's always been there whenever I needed her. She's always come in early to help with the weddings and quinceañeras. And I think the funniest story um, about the quinceanera was at Gracie's quinceanera because Gracie, like I said before earlier, Mark, Casey's husband, is Gracie's. That, that was her first love ever, her first crush. I know she's going to kill me for saying this, but she cried when Casey married Mark. I mean, she's the flower girl. She's going down the aisle. She comes in my arms and starts bawling. I was like, what's wrong? Casey married my Mark. <laughs> But during I need to find the video of that. And during the quinceanera, Mark and Casey actually were part, one of her godparents, her padrinos. And Mark opened up his shirt when he got to dance with her because everybody thought when he, Mark was younger, he looked like Dale Earnhardt Jr. 
So he had opened up his shirt and the shirt said, I will always be your 88. And I just thought that was so sweet and it was so cute. That was fun. <laughs> Golly. Ah. Oh, making you cry. Crying. Yeah. Okay. Is it fixed? Can we I think so. I think so. All right. We'll I think it, yeah, we shall see. If I raise my hand, that means there's something going on with it. <laughs> so that way you can look at it. Okay. Okay. okay, so let's talk about um, your, you're having to pivot a little bit with your business with your baton twirling because of COVID. Yeah, well, I teach baton twirling in two counties here in Georgia. And, <coughs> excuse me, y'all. And we have a recreational team and a competition team. With my recreational team, we mainly just do parades and a recital performance. And then we had the competition team. We attend two competitions here in Georgia, as well as nationals, wherever it's held, because it changes each year. Well, once schools let out, of course, we weren't allowed to have baton practices because we operate out of the county recreation departments. So we're kind of like, you know what, we're going to try the Zoom and y'all, that's, yeah, trying to teach baton over Zoom is, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, especially when girls are, have to be stuck inside because it's raining. My phone's going off. Sorry. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, if the girls are stuck inside, trying to do tosses inside, yeah, have some really unhappy parents. <laughs> Um, so we tried that for a while, but realizing how long this was going to last, it kind of, with our recreational girls, we had three parades that we were going to do, got canceled. So that kind of messed up those plans. Okay, you know, we're going to go ahead and go on to recital. This should all be over with. No, we're supposed to have recital, or we're supposed to have recital June 13th. We still cannot get into our gyms mm. to practice. So we've had to actually cancel our recital for this year because once school starts back up, that starts our new season and we have parades in October. So we have to spend August and September learning our parade routine and we won't have time for our recital routines. So that kind of put a dent in that. And then with our competition team, both of our state competitions got canceled early on because where they're located at in Georgia is just north of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And that's the epicenter of where the COVID virus is down here. So they kind of just went eat. So no um, competitions there. And then I was on a Zoom call earlier this week with my other twirling colleagues. And they announced that they were going to cancel nationals also. Oh, man. So we had a few crying girls, including a crying coach, because these girls have worked so hard all year, uh, my soloists and my teams, to go to nationals and compete this year. And that was just heartbreaking. Um, I have one girl that was working on a um, toss the front uh, walkover. She was working on that to get that for uh, one of our routines. I had a couple girls, I have a little girl age, how old is she? She's, she's seven now. 
Uh, she was working on her one spin, which was a major accomplishment. And she was going to actually go compete at nationals, but that kind of down the train when they canceled. So, but we are moving ahead and looking forward to next year. We have a lot more planned. We're going to get, we're going to do more parades than we've ever done and try to get more opportunities for our recreational classes to perform at other events. And then we're also going to the competition. We're actually going to try to travel to what's called our fall classic. It's one of our bigger um, competitions. And that one's in West Virginia. That one's in November. And then we have our mini nationals coming up in January. So I'm hoping we get to take the routines we had prepared for this year and take them over to next year so we can actually compete with them next year. Yeah, this is not something that you just all of a sudden come up with. This is actually something that you've done a long time. Yes, I've actually twirled since, uh, wow. I am pulling up right now uh, the the article that you wrote for me, the guest post that you wrote in 2017. Wow, has it been that long? Oh my gosh. What did you do? First Christmas parade. Oh my gosh. Yes, I've been twirling um, since I was four years old. I was with Lisa's Twirlettes for the longest time and continued twirling through high school. That's actually from, um, that was right after, the year after, I think, was it the year after? I think it was the year after 9-11. Um, and we did a memorial um, thing for that up, up there in North Carolina. And um, but then, of course, I took a break after um, that because I graduated high school, was going to college, and ended up having kids. But then I got the opportunity to um, start back teaching. And that first pick was our first camp that we had. That was Scriven County? Yeah, that was Scriven County. So, yeah. And I've been doing this is my third year this year teaching baton here down here in Georgia. So and this really is when you were pregnant with Corey. Am I correct? That was Cotter. Oh, yeah. That was Connor? Yeah, that's Connor. Oh, okay. That was, yeah. Yeah, because that was, um, my husband and I took a much needed trip to Savannah by ourselves um, right before he was born. And then he's my little one that decided to come early anyways. Oh, yeah. Now, you have something really cool with the name names of your kids. <laughs> well, I started with Mark's family, am I correct? Yes, that's one of the things, yeah. So when my husband and his brothers, he has four brothers, they think um, <laughs> when the oldest two started having kids, they decided that they were going to name them after cars. And that was a rule that all the brothers had to be bound to. So we had, so we had to figure out names for our kids that were car names and me being me and being um, stubborn. I was like, you know, what? I don't want to have to name all my kids after cars so i'll do their middle names that was a little bit of a fight but i got it so then there were some names that were also off limits the names of certain i guess i guess i'll say stripper names <laughs> <laughs> um so there were certain names that were off limits and one of them was one of the ones i wanted for my daughter because for me um the name was actually from one of my favorite books the count of monte cristo and 
the woman I wanted to name her after was strong and loyal. And I was like, this is going to be my daughter. And I want this name. Well, we went back and I went back and forth and I got a few inputs from his brothers too. But it, in the end, I won. And my husband actually has fallen in love with the name now. So, so anyway, so all of our kids have car names. And so we have Cooper's the oldest. And then my daughter, Christy, her middle name is Mercedes. Then Connor's middle name is Titan. And there's a whole nother story behind Titan too. Uh, and then my youngest, Corey, his middle name is Maverick. And then another cool thing is that all of their initials are CD. So they all start with C, which gets hilarious around my house when I'm trying to call kids or fuss at kids. Yeah. Every name but the one I'm fussing at. Um, but Connor's initials are different from everyone else's. His is CTD, whereas the rest of them are CMD. But Connor's his own little character, so he gets to stand out. Yeah. That's so funny that you're talking about the initials. Um, Michaela's is MRV. So one of her roommates said, Oh, you're Mr. Vera, you're Mr. V, because it, it goes out that way. <laughs> oh. You have to be really careful with the initials. Yeah, tell me about it. Oh my gosh, it's like just as important as it is to pick out the name, you have to be careful of the initials too, because you don't want them to end up with some really bad initials. Yeah, that is so true. Now, when you're talking about um, twirling, that's open to your boys as well. Don't your boys get involved in that too? Yes. Uh, my oldest actually for a couple of years twirled what are called Samoan knives, which are these really, they're not long, they're like two feet long. Um, they have a nice little foot handle. I'm sitting here like holding up my hands like y'all can tell how long this is. Um, they have a wooden handle and then the blade of it is not sharp at all, but the blade has a hook on the end that you can actually hook the two um the two knives together and swing it around, but you twirl them a lot like you twirl a baton. And Cooper and another little boy did this um, for about a year together. Cooper continued a little longer, but, and then Corey is actually picking up twirling and he has his own little wooden baton that he takes to class with us. Cause sometimes I have to take him to class with me and have some wonderful twirling parents that help me out. But um, he'll sit there and take the baton and he'll try to twirl it around and he'll throw it up and try to catch it. And it is adorable. So I'm hoping maybe he'll get in on it because anything that works a child's fine motor skills, like twirling a baton, is good for them. Even if twirling is seen as a girl sport, we have so many men in the sport and amazing men um, twirling that I'm just like, you know what, go for it. So. So is this the knife? Cause I'm trying to pull it up now. So yes. people see what they're talking about. Yes, that is it. And they don't get, they don't, they're, not, they're not scared. Cause I know I would be scared. There is some fear to it and it's learning to control it and to control the knife and to learn to step over that fear. Because, I mean, I've ended up with some nasty bruises from these things when I was twirling them myself. And because it's metal, if, if it hits you, it's going to hurt. Yeah. But um, but it's learning to control, get control of the um, apparatus 
as well as getting control of your fear. And that kind of helps them in the long run too, learning that they can get past the fear of whatever they're scared of. So it's, it's, it's actually a really cool thing to learn to twirl. And the cool thing about these is that these are actually from, they're not an ancient thing, but these actually are based off of knives from the Samoan area. And there are, and it's traditionally a male, um, male activity. And some of them twirl these things on, on fire, which looks crazy cool. And they even have these on longer staffs where the bottom of it is actually a ball. And they'll twirl these staffs around and all these crazy contort contorted um, movements. But it looks so cool and so fun. I, that's something I want to work up to is actually being able to twirl the staff like that. Well, that should be fun. I think I've seen some of them on Hawaii Five-0. Yes. Like mm -hmm. sometimes you'll see that in Hawaii Five-0. So guys, if you watch Hawaii Five-0, of course I do. But I do it because I like the characters. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about um, how you are handling COVID-19 with your kids at home. Now you said you're going to homeschool all three of them. But I know it's got to be with the age difference. It's got to be hard for you. Yes, this is, it's been different. Um, Cooper now, he is very adamant about staying in the public school, which I don't blame him because he is active in, um, on his high school baseball team. And he's also active in the JROTC, which is both those, well, the JROTC really, um, I haven't found a homeschool group for that because he wants to continue that because he eventually wants to go to the Air Force Academy. So he needs that in his high school years. Um, plus he loves playing baseball and he loves um, just the atmosphere of the high school. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. I let my kids choose. And so then I have uh, Christy Connor, which are actually in grade school mm -hmm. and um, working with them with their, um, homeschool and stuff. And then we're going to Corey now is of an age where they offer homeschool curricula for his age group. So what's been hard about it is trying to figure out what curriculum works for my children and then implementing it because the attention spans are completely different. Like Corey's is maybe five minutes. Um, Connor's 15, 20 minutes at a time. And then Christy's, if she's learning something, she's like honed in on it. She's all about it. So trying to adjust to that and trying to adjust schedules has, it's been interesting because we have, there've been days I've slacked because they say the first year of homeschooling is the hardest. So trying to get into this routine has been very interesting, but I do I'm friends with a bunch of homeschool moms. We are friends with um, people in two different homeschool groups in the area. There, um, one has ki uh, mostly kids my daughter's age and younger, and then the other one has my daughter's age and older. So it kind of works for both. I can get support for both kids, um, but the two main ones. But right now, of course, we can't meet. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of made it real tough. 
is that the kids don't get the interaction that they would normally from homeschool co-ops. Yep. So just trying to adjust to that fact too is, I keep saying it's tough, but I mean, we're all kind of stuck in this boat where we're all basically homeschooling our kids. And with Cooper, his teachers are still sending assignments um, for them for their classes. So try He's a boy. He hates reading. That's just a typical thing for him. And trying to get him to do his work is just like, okay, just do 30 minutes, do something else, do 30 minutes more. And that's if the, we didn't set up strict times because otherwise it just, it was more of a fight. Mm-hmm. Christy, we're doing an online um, curric- um, curriculum for her right? and Connor too. Um, that we found that we absolutely love. And then we supplement it with hands-on activities. And the cool thing about this is I get to track what she's doing. So this helps me see where we need to work. And there again, she gets to control how long she does it, when she does it, and she gets a break. So that's kind of what's worked for us is just being able to, we'll set up a schedule sort of, I guess, what you could call it say okay this is what you need to do first this second this third so they get a little bit of choice of what they do when they do it but the they're still learning mm-hmm. so i mean just trying to adjust to that i think has been our biggest issue because they're so used to being in the public school where everything is very da, 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 and they're just trying to get them to understand, okay, you have a little more control over this, but at the same time, I'm trying to hold them accountable. Uh-huh. And I have to hold myself accountable. And if you know me, I'm very disorganized a lot of times and my mind goes a mile a minute in a bunch of different ways. So it's trying to get us to hold each other accountable too. That's another issue that we have. So, how involved is Mark in this? Because I know Mark is Mark still active duty or he, yeah, he's um active guard reserve, which basically is active duty, but for the st- <laughs> he's giving me looks over here. I hate trying to explain this because I can never explain it right. He laughs at me. Um it's active duty, but for the state rather than for the federal, I guess, okay. is the best way to explain it. Um, so he, uh, so what he's done is that we sit down and we talk. Okay, these are the curricula that are available, and I like this one for this. I like this one for this, and this one for this. And then the co-ops that were part of some, some of them had um, strict curricula that you had to follow for theirs. And then others didn't, and they, and we talked to those parents about what they liked, what they didn't like, and Mark and I sat down and worked together to figure out which one we liked because it does cost money to homeschool. Um, you have to buy supplies and everything for the children to use, or you have to pay for the online curriculum. So it was more about trying to figure out what fits in our budget, what will work for our children, and figuring out from there together. And he's all about the homeschooling. He's 
um, hasn't been happy with the public school system for a while because of the way it's been structured, mm-hmm. which I mean, it's part of why a lot of people were homeschools that they don't like the way the homes that public schools are structured. But I taught in public schools on and off since I was 18. And I've seen the difference, the, the evolution of where all it's gone. And I just think that my kids will be served better at home, but that it's a family decision. It's not just one decision. It's a family decision to do that. And so that's, so Mark has been very involved in this and helping us choose what, um, what and how to homeschool our kids and what we do because a lot of it does rely on me being home because he does work long hours at work and he does deploy sometimes or goes on TDYs. So it's a lot of it's left on me. It's like, well, how can I support you when we do this? What do you need from me to help with? So it, he's always there to kind of help. Even though I'm leading the homeschool, he's there to help and uh, make himself available when he can. He's like the vice principal as opposed to you're the principal. He's the vice principal. <laughs> Any pushback, especially from Christy about um, wanting to homeschool her or. She's actually the one that's most excited about it. Okay. She actually loves the idea because she, and I'm sorry, just got dark in here. we got a storm getting ready to come through. Um, when we moved her to where we're currently at two years ago, um, we found out that she made it into the gifted program. So I didn't know anything about this gifted program that was here in the county we're currently in. And I had a wonderful teacher and a wonderful class, but it was somewhat restrictive for her. So she ended up being nominated um, to get into the Duke tip program. And she got into that, and that has offered her so many opportunities to um, push herself and to challenge herself. But at the same time, she she still um, she wanted to do more. She wanted to learn more, but because of the setting in the school system, she couldn't do more than what everyone else was doing, unfortunately. So now that she gets to homeschool, she's excited about the idea that she will get to take college classes here in the next couple of years and that she will be able to take harder mass and not have to wait for everyone to stay on the same exact thing that she can go at her own pace and get ahead if she wants to. yeah, it's starting to go crazy again. <laughs> Mercy, goodness! It never does that in any of your lives. Now, if you look behind Casey, you will see some of her products that she also sells. This is how she's implementing staying at home. And if you watch her lives, her lives are really hilarious. Like the other day, she had her oldest son, um, Cooper, on, and um, they were trying to wax his leg. I think just a little part of it, not a whole part, but just a little part. Of it. A little small part. And the funny thing was, is that when Mark ripped it off, there was hardly anything on the wax. <laughs> I just screamed like that. And I'm just like, 
And he was like freaking out the whole time. And I'm just like, Cooper. I'm like, because I didn't even know if I was putting it on correctly because I've never waxed my arms or whatever. And oh golly, it was hilarious. And then Christy and I did one where we actually wore our matching unicorn pajamas. Yes, my daughter and I have matching unicorn pajamas. That does not surprise me at all about you two. About you especially. I'm surprised you and Mark don't have matching. Pajamas. Oh, Mark would have a cow. <laughs> Even if I like mention matching Christmas pajamas, he's just like, Ugh. tell him Gracie says that he needs to get matching pajamas with you and see what he says. <laughs> you, you can hear he's got a little smirk on his face and shaking his head. Anything for Gracie, right? <laughs> yes, basically. I mean, you guys traveled up from Georgia for both the wedding and Gracie's quinceanera and the yellows too. And I think with Gracie's market, a flat tire on the way up, didn't he? Yes. Oh my gosh. My poor. Mark and Christy were heading up by themselves. I don't remember why they came later. I don't remember. For some reason, they had to come later. It was and a I school had... attendance policy. Do what? It was a school attendance policy. Oh, yeah. And then, um... But the boys came up with me. And on the way up, Mark got a flat tire in the middle of the night on I-95. And they ended up pulling over at a rest stop or something and having to sleep in the car because um, no one could come help them because we didn't have roadside assistance on the car. And Christy was like, that was scary. <laughs> we, and, it's, and we were driving this, our little HHR that we used to have. Mm -hmm. and, so it was not, you gotta, y'all know my husband. My husband's six foot one. And he's a tall guy. And he's not like lanky either. And him trying to sleep in an HHR was quite hilarious. <laughs> so. You're so funny. Well, tell us one unusual thing about yourself before we go. Ooh, one unusual thing about me. I don't know. Now, okay, so I bring this up in my lives, actually. This is actually kind of funny because Mark picks on me about this all the time. Is I actually, um, my, um, on one side of my body, it's tan and the other side's not, but then down on my legs, it's the opposite. So I'll show this on here. So you can see I've got <laughs> severe driver's arm because I, <laughs> arm on the window all the time and then on my feet it's the opposite it's my right foot that's tan and my left foot's not because whenever i'm sitting down outside i cross my feet oh. cross my legs so it looks really funny and it's been hilarious when i do my lives and stuff because i'll be sitting here doing my makeup whatever you'll see like that you'll see two different color hands popped up but that's just it that's just a weird thing about me i just i don't know <laughs> It's just a weird thing about you. There's a lot of weird stuff about me. I mean, okay, here's another one. I'm obsessed with studying serial killers. Gracie is too. You and Gracie need to have a chat because Gracie's like, I want to watch more serial killer stuff. Yes. Well, see, I got my associates in forensic, forensic science and was planning on pursuing that, but totally different story for another 
um, day for why I'm not in that. But one of my things was studying serial killers and how they think and their um, the way they do things. And it's just interesting how media also takes takes their stories and manipulates them. Mm-hmm. And like I did a paper um, comparing Ed Gein, who was just like in the last few years, just classified as a serial killer. But yeah, anyway, and ha- but comparing him to the guy from Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, it, it, it's interesting. I just like see, I like knowing how they operate. And so, yeah, I'm definitely going to bring some of my books for Gracie. Yes, definitely. That's if we can get her to read the books. Because now she's like, I'm done with school. Oh, but see, these are for fun. This is something she likes. <laughs> something she likes. Now, I'm going to share real quick something that is unusual about me today. This is actually the two-year anniversary of the blog cabin. I didn't realize it came up. Two years ago today, I actually purchased it. And who knew when I purchased it that chats from the blog cabin would come out and about it? Even though that's not the original, that's not the one I purchased. This is the one they took the picture in front of because it was sort of similar because I don't have a window in the front and my door is in the center, but pretty much it's the same. I still haven't made it out there to see it. I need to get out there and see it. Yes, you do when you come, when you, whenever you get a chance to come down again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty much, for the most part, out of lockdown. Um, we still got a few things that are still closed, like our rec departments. Because um, I'm not, I think those are supposed to open up at the end of July, but there are a lot of places that are still on like serious lockdown. <laughs> so, I mean, Maddie said that California is still on lockdown and. Yeah. Yeah. On the airplanes, you've got to wear a mask 24-7. In the airports, you've got to wear a mask. I mean, it's... That's what um, some of my colleagues were saying up um, in Pennsylvania and West Virginia, is that they're still in some serious lockdown up there. And, I mean, RDU, last time we dropped Michaela off in January, when she went to California, it was packed at 5 o'clock in the morning. I mean, they had a line all the way across the airport, whereas this time... To go through TSA, they basically made it through TSA within five, ten minutes. Yeah, see that? No, that that would never happen normally at RDU. No, not at RDU at all. Yeah, see, my mother-in-law was supposed to come visit us um, later in this month, into next month, yeah. And they canceled her flight because of all this mess. Because she'd be coming out of Utah. Mm. Now, the cases in Utah, I don't think, are nearly as bad as everywhere else. But coming into Georgia, it's just like you're going straight into the epicenter of all this mess. Wow. Well, I want to thank you for joining me to talk about motherhood, to, to talk about memories, to talk about um, your baton twirling. And let's see, what else did we talk about? Talk about homeschooling. We talked just about everything, Casey. Yeah. Everything. And we're probably going to come back on because, like I said, you're like my sister from another mister. Oh, yes. Yes. I love you. All right. Bye. Everybody, join us Wednesday. Bye. Thank you for listening to Chats from the Blog Cabin. I hope you learned a lot from Casey and see how quirky she is. And she's just a super all-around great person. Um, 
I hope you enjoyed the little story about my daughter crying when Mark was marrying her Casey. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. And remember, keep chatting.